Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm Rachel True. And I'm Trent Venegas. And you're listening to Quoting Gene Roddenberry. The 100-day podcast that celebrates what would have been the 100th birthday of the man that created Star Trek. Each day between now and the end of our podcast, August 19th, one of Star Trek's biggest icons, or celebrity fans, or both, will be quoting Gene Roddenberry. Then we're going to take a deep dive into why we think this sci-fi legend still has a lot to say to the world. Today's quote is read by the absolutely legendary singer, Gloria Gaynor. Whatever the point of this universe, you are a legitimate part of it. And since you are a part of all that it is, a part of its purpose, there is more than this brief speck of existence. Welcome back to the podcast, Quoting Gene Roddenberry. And we are lucky enough to have William Matthews, uh, who is a singer, songwriter, and artist advocate with us. And wait, I just have to take a moment and say, I want Gloria Gaynor to read the phone book. Uh, first of all, <laughs> you've got to go see the video. She looks amazing. Some, amazing. She took better care of herself during this pandemic than I did. That's what I'm saying. Right? That video. My mouth was just wide well, open, just dropped. Like, what? She looks, <laughs> I mean, also the reading was just impeccable, but I want to say this is such a uh, simple on the surface quote, right? And we could take it in so many different directions. One of the things that reminded me of quickly was I was speaking with Feruza Balk from The Craft and I said, everybody is magical. And Feruz was like, no, they're not. (laughs) And I was like, no, they are. Just the fact that they're here. Mm-hmm. They're here. Having this human experience means they have the magical ability within them to create and see and all of these things. And I know that's not what Mr. Roddenberry was necessarily talking about, but I equate it because of what I'm saying is if you are a part of this universe, as Mr. Roddenberry says, you are a legitimate part of it. And that's me going, then you're magical. If you're here, mm-hmm. you're magical. Anyway, William, yeah. some thoughts. I I agree with you. We are magical. Uh a friend of mine, uh, Mike McCarg, wrote a book called like something like "You Are Wonderful and Beautiful and Also a Pain in the Ass." Like, welcome to the human experience, <laughs> facts, right? Facts. Like you're fully you're fully both. But to me, this quote represents the genius of Gene Roddenberry, and also what makes him unique and stand out because he had an optimistic view of the universe. And there was a there's a deep optimism built in Star Trek, where many scientists and philosophers often see meaninglessness in the cosmos. Gene saw infinite meaning within the cosmos. Yes. Yeah. And I don't think Gene's optimism was based in like just mere sentimentality or flimsy hope as much as it was a deep belief, as you were saying, Rachel, that you matter, and that you're an intricate part of this great mystery that we're all deeply trying to understand and figure out our place within it. Trent, I want yeah. your thoughts. I just want to quickly say, though, what you just said, William, is kind of cool because it made me realize why I love these quotes, all the quotes we've done is that I get the sense Mr. Roddenberry wasn't writing from a singularly I am a white male perspective at all that's why i resonate with all these because it's totos Mm -hmm. it's everybody whereas a lot of the Mm -hmm. quotes that we learned in school 
we're very uh, manifest destiny, white male patriarchal. You know right, what I'm saying. Right. So I'm yeah. so grateful to be a part of this podcast. Trent, what are your thoughts on this quote? Yeah, this quote, you know, as as William mentioned, uh, and we've mentioned a few times that Gene was ever the optimist. He had such a love affair with humanity. He is always mankind's, humankind's biggest champion. And this is him again wanting us to realize us tiny little beings on this tiny speck of a planet in the grand infiniteness of the universe that we are a legitimate part of the greater picture. Uh, so it's easy to think about like in William, what you mentioned, like a lot of sci-fi writers or scientists will just think about the meaninglessness of the and cosmos the chaos, and how yeah. it's just random and maybe it is, who knows? But in terms of what Gene is trying to convey with this quote, you know, whatever the point of the universe, he says, so he doesn't know necessarily what the point of the universe is. But we as individuals, we as sentient beings, we as living and breathing creatures are a legitimate part of the greater universe. And that, that, that the importance of our existence for us to realize that, like he's pointing that out and telling us, you matter, we matter, because we're all part of the bigger picture. What about the tail end of this quote? Uh, there is more than this brief speck of existence. So mm -hmm. depending on my mood, right, that could either kill me and lay me out or <laughs> it's really exciting, right? Yeah. Um, but it is a brief speck. A life, even if you get to live 100 years, is a nothing. Mm -hmm. It's a blip. Mm -hmm. And I kind of like that he included that in there because if it's like food for existential thought, right, William? Mm -hmm. You know, Gene was clearly showing the interdependence of all things, right? Like we do have a brief speck of existence here, but we are part of a community, a, a cosmic community and a web of relationality and, and interdependence of all things. And, and again, he, he sounds like a preacher to me here. <laughs> you know, he yeah, sounds really? like, you know, we, he's like, and there is more in this brief <laughs> speck of existence. Cause God, you know, he just, and since <laughs> you are a part, no, you're making me want to go to church. Yeah, actually, and you matter. <laughs> God says you matter. You know, like he's, he's, <laughs> He's doing it from a different vantage point as a, as a television writer, as a sci-fi sci writer. But that's why it resonates with us, right? It speaks to the deepest part of us. Mm -hmm. Because I do believe, yes. uh, as a spiritual person, that deep inside of us is this longing for the greater more, whatever that is. And mm -hmm. we, we call it God, we create religions around it, and that's, that's all fine and dandy. But it really is a deep longing of the human heart that there is something more than this brief speck of existence. And I think we all feel that on the inside. And I think it drives some of our sadness because we don't really know how to articulate that, what that is. And and Gene seemed to uh, turn it into optimism, right? Instead of making it be something that will depress you or make you sad, he was very much like, you know, there's so much beauty and wonder and infinite diversity. Like, that's what we should be paying attention to here. Which I hope yeah. people are getting that from listening to, you know, the, the quotes and the episodes, because I call myself a cynical optimist. And definitely these quotes are helping nudge me closer to being slightly less cynical. But then again, <laughs> I'm a, you know, grown black woman. So good luck. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> you know, real. William, I'm so excited that you're our guest this week, because it's so interesting to hear how these quotes resonate with our various guests. I mean, I know how they resonate with me and I'm getting a sense of how they may resonate with Rachel because we've been in this together from the beginning. But it's always nice to have like a new voice every week because you bring your perspectives and your experiences. And it never once occurred to me to think about how some of these quotes from, you know, 
very noted humanist Gene Roddenberry could come across as uh, a sermon or, you know, but you definitely do. I, I, you know, now that you say that, I definitely can say I have uh, picked up on the passion that he uh, tends to imbue in, in, in his quotes and of all these speeches that he's he's given over the years where these quotes come from. Have you gotten the passion so, of the Christ yet, though? I mean, have I? Or <laughs> you are mean. Or, or, or saying has Gene? I mean, I don't know. Uh, uh, I agree with what you just said because I don't often think in a religious head, right? Mm-hmm, Always. Mm-hmm. But I also look at this quote, William, and I see music and art all over this quote, right? Because we are only here for a speck of existence. But you can write a song that lasts forever, right? You can yeah. create a piece of art, uh, whether mm-hmm. it's you know literature or a film or whatever. And that is part of the whole. And that makes us part of the cosmos, right? Yeah. I mean, I think about the people that have influenced me, who, of course, who I never met, the artists, the writers in history. I think of, you know, of course, like the William Shakespeare's, even to mm-hmm. the James Baldwin's, you know, I, yeah. I think of the Ida B. Wells, or I think of Harriet Tubman. I think of all these people who were justice folks, liberation folks, creatives, orators, speakers, Frederick Douglass, like uh, Booker T. Washington. And I, they inspired me. Their writings inspired me, right? The what's left of them that was able to move through the generations. We've been able to build off their legacies. And and Gene is, to me, one of those great writer thinkers, almost borderline anthropologists, <laughs> you know, like mm, the way he mm-hmm. like framed reality. Such um, a good a observation. Anthropologist, she he really yeah. does, right, Trent? Like I hadn't yeah, thought, yeah. I hadn't thought of that before. Thank you, William. Yeah, I know he's he's unlocking. William is locking all of these new ways of interpreting Gene's words. Yeah. Like I love it. Yeah, I, it it made me interested to read anthropology watching Star Trek because mm-hmm. I then started. Yeah. I'm like, what is what is human nature? How to and and just so you know something about me, I tend to think. Uh, uh, one of my favorite anthropologists is named Rene Girard, and he makes an interesting case that that religion or the desire for religion is part of the evolutionary experience. And I think you mm. see that in Star Trek, right? Because you see all these cultures popping up in all different types of religions and and, yes. and they cause problems, right? You know, but and and people are trying to to, you know, either fall into the literalness of it or the fundamentalist or the progressive sense of it, right? And you see that mm-hmm. in so many Star Trek episodes. And uh I've always been one that that believed that that religion was supposed to help move the evolutionary process forward. And, mm-hmm. and, and Gene clearly, clearly did that. And this quote speaks to, I don't know, his ability, maybe he didn't name or profess a religion, but he definitely had his hope of humanity was his, his own religion. You know, I completely agree. And although uh, we lost Gene in the early nineties, well before uh, the premiere of deep space nine, Star Trek, Deep Space Nine is such uh, the storylines revolve on religion so strongly. It is it is from the very beginning, the emissary where uh, Commander Benjamin Sisko is the emissary of the Bajoran prophets, like mm-hmm. the gods that they worship. And throughout the course of Deep Space Nine, there's the there's the debate amongst the characters and in the storylines of whether they're just wormhole aliens. Yeah. Or if yeah. they are actually gods that the Bajorans believe them to be. And that's what I love so much as well about Star Trek is that there is a place for both of those beliefs and both of those storylines where both of those perspectives can can be told from an intelligent, yeah. entertaining point of view. And again, I, I always say this is why we're talking about this all these years later, because those stories endure and they 
they will live longer than we will. And Deep Space Nine is my favorite Star Trek, just so everybody knows. Deep Space Nine is my favorite Trek. It's a great show. But it yeah. is, honestly, watching shows like Star Trek is a small child, the original one, the repeats, but also the other ones that gave me more tolerance. Yeah. <laughs> to be 100% honest, you know, because I was very judgmental uh, of religious, ultra-religious people, right? Until I started watching shows like this and thinking for myself. And I say that, William, because I have uh, I have a friend, one of my friends in Hollywood is a very successful actress. She's very uh, Christian, and she's one of the only people I know who lives actually by the tenants. So she is kind mm. and sweet and non-judgmental, right? Mm -hmm. so, as I mentioned that tarot book, she's one of the only black people I know who talked about it on social media because she <laughs> even said, I wasn't sure at first, right? But then my dog went over and my dog don't go near nothing ungodly. Anyway, <laughs> by the end, but by the end of our phone conversation, we'd, she'd looked at the book, we'd done a reading and I loved her openness because I truly believe uh, to bring it back to this quote in religion in general, like if you were truly religious, you were curious, you were curious. kind, you are compassionate for your yes. fellow man, animal, what it's sentient being, unsentient, doesn't matter. You have compassion for the world around you. And you understand that whatever the point of all this, we're all in it together, per this quote. And since we're mm -hmm. all in it together, yep. right? That's part yep. of our pur purpose. And there's so much more than this little and we're life seeing, here. We're seeing so much coming together of science and religion. I feel like there's been this, you know, early on, you know, all the early scientists were all, you know, religious men and women, right? Like yeah. a lot of them were Christian mm -hmm. even. And so religion fueled a lot of their curiosity and exploration. And then you kind of see in the last several hundred years, a bit more of a divorce between religion and science. And now I think, I think spirituality is becoming the bridge to, to bring these two ideas together. Mm -hmm. They're not mutually exclusive. They can, they can dance here. William, I would get into creative design right now, but we don't have time. We got to wrap up this episode. <laughs> we are lucky enough to have William Matthews uh, the rest of the week. And you can see the amazing Gloria Gaynor. And you should wear, Trent. On all of our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And we hope you'll join us again tomorrow for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. Bye. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Quoting Gene Roddenberry. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's quote. So tweet us. Post us, DM us, whatever. We're at Roddenberry on Twitter and Facebook and at Roddenberry Official on Instagram. Quoting Gene Roddenberry is a Roddenberry podcast hosted by me, Rachel True. And me, Trent Venegas. Producing are Claire Kramer and Kelsey Goldberg with executive producers Trevor Roth and Rod Roddenberry. Engineering and editing are provided by Elizabeth Joy Windham. And special thanks to all those who were kind enough to read a quote and give a voice to Gene Roddenberry's everlasting words. Live long and prosper. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Download speeds up to one gigabit per second. Cox internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply.